0: Also, this podcast is sponsored by fnxfit.com. This website has protein shakes, powders, testosterone boosters, gummies, shirts, pretty much anything all about being healthy. Also, by the way, guys, you guys will get 10% off any order that you purchase with my discount code TJGlisak25. That's right, 10% off. And trust me, like 10% off will really help you guys out in the long run. Also, guys, if you don't like any of our products, well, we'll give you a refund with all your money back. So don't worry about that. You know, your money will be back. We'll get back to you once you made your purchase. So go to fnxfit.com. That is FNXFIT.com. It will direct you to this, you know, awesome looking page. It's really just about staying healthy. And I know a lot of people want to stay healthy, especially during this time with the whole coronavirus out. So go to fnxfit.com, use my discount code, TJGlisak25, and you'll get 10% off of any order. And if you guys want to get refunded, well, you'll get your money back. So uh, that's it. So let's go. And everybody, Welcome to the TJTV Podcast. How's everyone doing on this beautiful Wednesday? Alright guys, welcome to the podcast. So today on the show we had Josh Maddotech on the podcast. And we talked for about 54 minutes today. We talked about his musical career, his move from Pittsburgh to Tampa Bay back to pittsburgh we also talked about his parents doing music and whatnot and he talked about the artists he liked also he's really interested in fish and stuff as well and Tori came on and talked to him about that for a little bit so it was a pretty fun interview to be honest we talked for about 54 minutes and it was a really awesome uh, awesome interview i enjoyed it so guys if you are new make sure you please like and subscribe on spotify Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. Go follow me on TJ's Vlogs on YouTube. TJTV, where you can catch all my past episodes on Facebook. And much more. And uh, this is the first week where we are going part-time. Because, you know, we just decided to go part-time. So, also, I want you guys to remember Labor Day. We have a big weekend special for you guys. We have... The history of the TJTV podcast, which is going to be premiering on Facebook, as well as the retrospective series, which is also going to be on Facebook, which is going to be airing on Sunday. And then our newest special, Three Years of Tory, which is going to be airing Monday on Labor Day. So stay tuned for all those good specials. And uh, that's really it, guys. Hope you enjoyed this interview. And uh, yeah, enough talking. Here is the Josh Matotech interview. Alright, so I'm here with Josh. What is, how do you pronounce your last name again? Is it Matoke?
1: So, it's actually kind of funny. It's, it depends on who you talk to in my family. Um, so, on uh, on one side, uh, they'll pronounce it Matatek. On the other side, they pronounce it Matotek. Um, being that the name is Croatian, I, I like to side with the Matatek okay. side of the family,
0: despite it not being my side of the family. Gotcha. But, yeah. So, my name's Josh Matatek. Matatek. <laughs> Gotcha. Josh Mad attack. (laughs) So, I have a question. You moved from Tampa to Pittsburgh. Now, why'd you make that move? Like, I feel like that's such a horrible move because, like, I like, I love Florida. I love the warm weather. But why move all the way down to Pennsylvania where it's, like, 10 times more cold in the winter than Florida?
1: Um, so being, okay, well, there's actually a few reasons. Um, as far as the weather goes, I hate Florida. Um, I personally enjoy the North a heck of a lot more. Um, I like the changes in season. Uh, I like the colder weather. Uh, it feels like home because I grew up here. Um, we, we me being my, uh, my girlfriend Madeline and I, we ended up moving down to Florida because she had gotten a job with minor league baseball. Um, so we moved down there in January and Uh, COVID happened, so we ended up just kind of like staying in our apartment after moving across the country. So we decided, you know, we might as well just, uh, if we're working remotely, we might as well just move back and figure out what we're going to do next. So now we're back for a little bit.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, so what were you doing since COVID-19 though? Did you just sitting inside making music and whatnot?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So what I did is, uh, last year, uh, was my first full year, f- uh, full timing it as a, as a producer. So I was producing metalcore bands and I kind of got burnt out. Like I was just working with artists that, you know, I enjoyed being around, but the music just didn't really like connect with me. And I was saying yes to a lot of things that I shouldn't have said yes to, uh, simply so I can make rent. So I, um, you know, at the end of last year i made a conscious decision to stop taking on work and to focus on my business and rebrand everything and push towards the things that i enjoy um so we moved uh the weekend after christmas got down there and i just started like working on networking with more people um, Meeting as many people as I possibly could because I realized, excuse me, while I was uh, while I was freelancing that I wasn't meeting any new people besides metal artists. So I was like, you know what? I, I need to get out. I need to start talking to more people, um, even if it's just like you know producers who will never hire me. Like I need to surround myself with the people that I see myself being like. So I went to NAMM um, in January with my brother and we had a blast out there uh met a bunch of cool people came back and then i decided i was going to start on a uh, like a business development program with dark label because i needed to change and um then COVID happened so i was just stuck in this limbo i picked up a job down there um, because i cut off all the metal work and i was only taking on like top line work and some like post-production stuff so i uh picked up a job down there just to like help supplement my income while things were slow because i basically cut off my entire sales funnel and um yeah so that's literally all i was doing during covid was working at this trashy florida car dealership and (laughs) uh basically completely rebuilding my business um I mean, like, to be honest with you, it's worth it, because I'm now doing a bunch of cool work
0: that I genuinely enjoy, and I'm genuinely stoked on, so. So, how did this, how, when did the, like, let's say, small success come to you? How long ago did that happen?
1: Um, I don't know, it kind of, like, comes in waves, right? Because I, I, I got a little bit of success, like, just writing for people, and because okay let let me take you back here in high school whenever i got into this i convinced myself i was gonna mix metalcore records until i died then i grew up and it's like i was just not super passionate about the genre and i really love i love pop music i love um i love synth pop stuff i love 80s new wave i love um 80s pop in general so it's like there's all these other things that I love, and um, throughout the past couple years, I was just doing what was familiar with me, and then all of a sudden, people started hitting me up to write for them. So the writing project is actually what allowed me to quit my job and go full time. And then after that, I think I just found success with finding this home as like a top liner, essentially. So, you know, I, it's still, it's still really new. I mean, you figure I'm not even a year into this new business venture, but like I'm making the best work that I've ever made, you know? So it's kind of like a, like an up and down thing, you know, whether it's on a smaller scale like me, or if you hear like these, you know, like top 40s writers or producers talking about their career, it's the same thing. You know, it's just the scale is a lot different for those guys.
0: Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. I'm actually looking at your website. And oh, thanks, man. your quote that I like, I write the part that gets stuck in your head. Thanks. And then your other quote, fuck a safe release. Now, when you're doing all the, when you're making all these quotes, like, do you take that and, like, implement those quotes into your song?
1: Uh, not really, no. Uh, so that copy on my website, here's the deal. Um, After reading into it, I'm pretty sure that I have ADD and I was just never undiagnosed. So, like, I need to hit up a therapist and figure out what's going on with that. Um, But I've I've never liked a lot of words. And I think that's also why I was super into prog music whenever I was younger. Because there was no structure. And then I started focusing on, like, the little things in pop music that make the songs great so i tried to uh live by my add brand and i have minimal copy on my website (laughs) and i was just i was literally just taking these ideas and throwing them at my friend nick um he's like he reads like all day every day and he's really really good at like editing so anytime i write anything i always send it to him because he's probably the best proofreader I know, and um, so I basically had uh, like a few main points that I wanted to touch on on my website, and it was just me like spitballing ideas back and forth until I finally made it like condensed enough that it got a really bold point across in a short amount of time. So those uh, those points they, they took me a lot to write, but it's not really like it's something that like turns into the music i think the only thing that really translate is that like when i write i'm very i I try to write bold music because it makes people pay attention but i also try to write uh music that's really really short sweet and to the point you know because that's ultimately the kind of music i enjoy
0: yeah and i also i also see that you listen for moments (laughs) Like moments that you want to feel in your bones and make us want to play the song over and over again so you have those types of songs that you write and produce and i see i want to say two people actually you know said like great things about you like Danny, uh, daniel mcgill and andrew simmons have said some uh, good things about you on your uh, website as well
1: yeah yeah they're too kind uh fun fun fact dan is actually the very first person to ever hire me for writing so i felt like it was only appropriate that i put him on my website Um, and his project was really cool because, like, instead of just, like, writing some indie songs for somebody, like, we really dove into the deep end and explored the depths of what writing can be because, um, Dan is actually, uh, transitioning, so he used to be a girl, and when I met him, he was still physically a girl, so we wanted to kind of, like, record his first EP while he started his uh hormonal therapy so throughout the record you could hear his voice changing and i had to you know like put myself in his shoes and figure out you know like i mean i've struggled with body image issues right like every guy does but i've never looked at myself in the mirror and saw myself so differently that i wanted to physically change you know because i didn't feel like this was my body so like sitting down and learning about like the struggles that the trans community goes through was super eye-opening for me because like i grew up in white suburbia and you know i met a lot of middle class white kids and that was about it so um you know it was not only like a huge like personal growth moment for me but it also was a huge like artistic growth moment as well because i've never had to do something so almost like sacred like th- this is arguably the most important part of his life right right and so you have that pressure where it's like well i could either play it super safe and then everyone will just be like oh yeah this could be like about my cat or it could also be about this or that um or i could make it super super bold and blatant um and almost risk you know pissing someone off because it could be so you know graphic I guess so it was like this weird struggle between like I don't want to be disrespectful because at the end of the day I don't know what this is like you know but I want to get as close as possible as I can without watering it down because there's nothing worse than having a huge message and then watering it down to the point where people don't feel anything when they hear it so um, that was probably the wildest moment uh, for me as far as like a writer goes um, you know I could win a Grammy from a song one day <laughs> and I would still look at that record as probably the the most creative thing I've ever done
0: now do you feel though like when you're writing stuff about people's personal lives and struggles is that a good song just in general or do you just feel like it's you know art altogether I guess I, I, it's, no. it's, it's kind of hard to word that question to be honest but
1: No, I think I get what you're saying. So, it actually goes two ways, right? Um, I used to be all about writing in a way that gives you these super deep, uh, ventures into somebody's life, you know? Um, I mean, that's also because, like, I grew up in metal and hardcore where, like, everything was super, super, uh, deep. And so... I used to be like that, and I still am in a lot of ways, but then I started looking at like the art of writing from a naive point of view. Like, I love naive songs because I've never been that way. So for me, it feels like an adventure, you know? Um, so, you know, it like, it really does just go both ways. I think that some of the best songs in the world are super naive and don't say a lot but because the writer wrote it that way it's just as good as a deep song because they made the conscious decision of you know what i'm gonna look at this from a completely different point of view you know Yeah. and uh that to me like that's when things get interesting you know um and a lot of times people won't pick up on that because they'll just hear a song and be like, oh yeah, it's just a naive pop song, like whatever. But at the end of the day, every single writer in that room has dealt with stuff and they've re- and they've definitely written some deep stuff before, you know? So I think that that's interesting whenever somebody's able to take a step back and be like, what if we just write it like we're kids, you know? Like, yeah. there, there's definitely like some kind of beauty to that where instead of everything always being at like 110%, like super introspective and deep like
0: taking that step back and writing it like you know Yeah, from no.
1: surface level point of view like that's pretty cool in my opinion
0: i also like how like in most songs there are certain messages that people put into their songs and kind of like pumped up kicks from foster to people great yeah. song but if you look deep into the message like deep into that song you could see the message and see how like messed up it is uh you know just reading the lyrics on paper
1: yeah so that's funny that you mentioned that because i read this article about how like pop music the tempo is getting faster and it's more often being written in a major key but the lyrical content is getting more negative that's where pop music is going and i feel like that song was a turning point for that because everybody was like wait so i could write happy music but it's still really sad and like that's how a lot of my songs are um you know just because it sounds happy doesn't mean that it is
0: yeah i mean what about what's that one song uh coffee for your head that song is very like the the message in that song is very powerful and uh coffee for your head by uh yeah
1: Yeah, oh my god, I love her. I love her so much. Um, That's actually a huge, she's actually a huge inspiration for uh, myself and my friend Sam right now. We're writing for Sync, and we're doing a whole record of, uh, like, indie songs. And that's what I love about her. Like, she could be really, really deep, but also, like, everything has this super, like, carefree, naive vibe to it. And uh, it's really, really cool.
0: So have you always been, like, interested in, like, music since you were a kid then?
1: Yeah, man, so I, whenever I was born, my dad already built me my first guitar. Um, so I definitely came from like a musical family. Um, you know, it's not like everybody in the household uh, graduated from Berkeley, But, uh, yeah, no, my, my dad was super into music. My mom is a classically trained uh, pianist and vocalist. Um, so it was really neat kind of growing up and, you know, I, being, I'm 23, so I kind of grew up whenever like new metal was big, and then I got into like post hardcore and stuff like that. And uh, my dad was, you know, like his bread and butter of his time was like the cure and new order and joy division, and then the grunge movement. So it's, uh, it was really cool growing up and having that all around me, especially because like it kind of came full circle once I hit my 20s and I started realizing like how awesome. 80s pop and new wave was.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Now, did they... Was that their living? Did, like, did they make a living, like, doing music? Or did they have, did they have like, a regular, like, nine-to-five job where they just, you know, did their job and then played music at night? Like, how did that come about?
1: So, I think my dad was technically, like, a professional musician. He actually moved to Florida when he was 23. And back then, like, people... Like, bands would play in hotels so they would just go from like hotel to hotel and like rip gigs and then stay for free and wake up on the beach and then do it all over again and then he got sick of that because he hated florida just as much as i did and um moved back and met my mama and then yeah i mean like my parents both had jobs growing up
0: yeah, no, I mean, but that's such a great gig, though, you know, just waking up on the beach. me, right?
1: Like, why can't that still be a thing? Like, the next best thing is, just, like, you have a cruise, but, like, I really don't, and I thought about doing that, but then, like, the amount of waste that comes off of cruises makes me feel really unresponsible. Irresponsible? That's the word. Irresponsible. And I don't think I could stay on a cruise knowing that it dumps, like, a ton of carbon, uh, carbon dioxide into our atmosphere.
0: So. Yeah. I mean, hey man, (laughs) just some of the things that are like people back then, like I'm 25. So like, I've heard a lot of stuff that my dad's, you know, that my dad has done and whatnot. But in any event, like a lot of stuff that people did back then, like with their careers, they had it so easy. And I feel like we have it even easier, but it's so hard because competition is so thick with social media, you know, being so big in our uh, generation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on like what you're looking at, you know. Cause like for him, like making a living as a musician was a lot easier. Cause you could literally just play in a cover band and make enough to buy a house, you know. But like he couldn't, he couldn't go do what I do, you know. He would have to move to Nashville or New York or L.A. and, uh, you know go learn the rips in his studio for years until he finally was allowed to earn the trust and start writing, you know? Like, for me, it was just like, oh, well, people are hiring me to do this. I'm going to put it out into the world and start having, you know, meaningful relationships with people, and then they're going to hire me, and then I'll be able to live off of it, you know? So, like, it depends on how you look at it, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's only... You know that was only back in the 80s and it's like it was a completely different world then you know like cell phones weren't even a thing no nor was the internet like and like we're talking through the internet right now and we met each other through the internet right now so it's just so weird
0: (laughs) yeah i would actually like to go back in time and just like to live in like the 80s like for a year just to see how everything was that, that is my one all-time dream eventually if, if time travel was ever like a big thing which i think it will be in like the next like 20 30 years i want to see what it's like back then oh dude
1: absolutely i'll see you
0: there
1: <laughs> we'll go <laughs> we'll go see uh we'll go see new order
0: yeah That'd be great or you can make so much money though too like think about it like you go back like let's say 20 30 years ago And you know, like, alright, this person won the Stanley Cup or this person won the Super Bowl. You make bets, and then they win. You make, like, a million dollars in that one year.
1: Oh, man, take me back to the 90s. The back-to-back cup run from the Pens. Let's go, Mario.
0: (laughs) So what are your your favorite types of music now, though, since you've been doing this? Is it just still the same? I'm probably, like, the most
1: jaded person in the world when it comes to music. But I'm going to pull up my Spotify, my uh, On Repeat playlist and tell you what's on it. So I have number one on my On Repeat is Parasite Eve by Bring Me the Horizon, because that is the hook of the year. The next song is Hard on Yourself, which is by Charlie Puth and Black Bear. The third song is Levitating by Dua Lipa. The fourth song is Clown by Black Bear and Trevor Daniel. and then. My fifth song is love Sick" by Trevor Daniel, and then after that I have "Night Rider by Arizona Zervas. if that's even how you pronounce his name. <laughs> so scrolling through this, there's a lot of Black Bear, Trevor Daniel, Bring Me the Horizon, Denzel Curry, Dua Lipa, and Charlie Puth. Wow. So those are like my go-to's right now. I love hard rock, um, because hard rock is turning into just like this genre where it's just pop music with guitars. And uh, that's really cool. I'm surprised the 1975 isn't on there because the 1975 might be my favorite band ever, um, because Maddie's approach to writing is one of the most interesting uh, things, in my opinion. And uh, he's actually the one who got my my wheels turning on the whole idea of how there's there's an art to writing naive songs. Um, you know, he's a very like introspective person and he writes a lot of things about his personal experiences uh you know whether it's love or addiction or whatever like these heavy topics that most people can relate to in some way shape or form and then he'll just turn around and write like a really naive like you know country song (laughs) and it's like the coolest thing in the world so um yeah that's like the that is uh, pretty much all the artists that I've been listening to lately.
0: What about Billie Eilish?
1: Uh Billy Eilish is sick. I uh I saw, I saw Phineas at Nam. He did a little a little uh conference there and it was really cool hearing him talk about how they write and stuff like that. Um, I'll be honest, like I, she's not the type of artist I just like pull up and listen to but every time she releases a new song i have to listen to it because i find the creative process super super interesting and um she's so so talented and so is phineas and uh it's just really cool seeing weird music like that being just absolutely massive
0: and she won so many what was it grammys i think
1: Yeah, and she
0: was just like, don't
1: give these to me, like, I don't deserve them, like, they're both such, like, grounded kids, like, and a lot of people will will be like, oh, she's an industry plant, or, oh, they had connections in music, but, like, if you listen to, like, their stories and their manager's stories, like, their, their parents, I guess, were in some way, shape, or form in the acting industry, so, in a way, they could have been successful actors, with a few lessons and, you know, notes from mom and dad. But what ended up happening was this Phineas had, he was like, he had like a garage band and he sent the manager of one of the producers he wanted to work with an email and the manager listened to their music and he was like, you know, we'll have to keep in touch. And so through that, he started working with Billy, manager found out they brought her on board and those managers were just like killer and they really helped them you know get to the audience that needed to hear them so I find that super inspiring because you know a lot of times you hear things like oh you need to have connections or your parents need to be in the music industry or you need a ton of money and like while this is super expensive like you know, I'm not, I'm not cheap to work with, but like people still hire me almost every single day, you know? And it's like, you can make great art, and you can make great art in a bedroom,
0: and it could still win Grammys, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I,
1: I love everything about that, and I'll always support those two because uh, I think that they're brilliant. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just when I first heard them, I didn't, I had no clue who they were, and I just thought it was really weird. But it was so catchy, and then I heard them yeah. on the radio uh, doing an interview, and I thought it was really awesome and inspiring. Yeah.
1: so I heard about, I heard about them whenever, um, whenever Dan started working with me, because he was following her before. What's the record? Is the record called Bad Guy? The big one? Yeah, that just came out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So. He was following her for, like, years. He was one of, like, the early adopters of the Billie Eilish movement. Um, And that was the first thing I actually heard Dan sing was a cover of, I think it was Ocean Eyes. And uh, so, yeah, I knew about her, but, like, like, I never Googled her until everything started blowing up, and then I heard the story and how they did everything, and I was like, yeah, this is the future. Like, this is how... This is how the industry operates, not only now, but for, you know, the next however many years until we all uh, end up living in VR, thanks to
0: Elon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like, uh, to get off topic with that, Elon Musk, I feel like he is changing the world in so many ways, but I also feel like it could be a bad thing because with the shit he's doing, we have Teslas, like cars that drive themselves, cars that probably park themselves he could build a robot and China could take over or like maybe not even China but like somebody could take over who's really fucking intellectual and smart and like program a robot to take over the whole world and kill everybody and just leave the last man standing.
1: Yeah, but so here's the deal. Out of all those like doomsday conspiracies, people always forget about one thing and that's if everybody's dead, nobody can pay taxes. (laughs) So I'm not too worried about that. I hope that Uncle Elon uh, figures out how to get us to Mars, unless we escaped Mars in a past life. Then we probably shouldn't go back. But um, yeah, no, Elon's a nut. He, he's crazy because like, he um, he's in this position where he could basically do whatever he wants. And it's, it's funny because, you know, in, 2020 everybody is so like nobody has privacy anymore right so it's like every good thing he does like people will cheer but then like every stupid or bad thing he does the whole world like screams at him (laughs) (laughs) i feel kind of bad for the guy but like i don't know did you like to think if i was a billionaire i i would also be building flamethrowers and sending people to space so
0: (laughs) did you hear what he named his kids
1: uh yeah i don't know i don't know how you pronounce that
0: though yeah i don't don't know either it's (laughs) weird man i'll tell you the one thing that i hope we do find though in space is other life because i i refuse to believe that we are the only life forms around
1: for sure well you know our boy from blink 182 just uh stiff-armed uh cia to let everybody know that yeah we we've intercepted ufos so i'm not uh i'm not too certain on what they're like but i'm pretty confident that there's other life out there
0: oh yeah definitely yeah man i'll tell you so you said you grew up in pittsburgh though right yeah what was it like growing up in pittsburgh
1: um from like a music standpoint like it wasn't really the greatest thing so I guess like back in like the eighties and nineties, like Pittsburgh was a pretty good music city. And then everything kinda died out like right as I was becoming like old enough to go to shows. Um so the music scene here isn't really great. Um and I'm not a fan of a lot of the people that were in the scene. Um, you know, because like for some reason it's hard to be a decent human being, you know. So I just uh I just kinda like did my own thing and um from the get-go of doing this, I just knew I would have to work remotely, you know, so um, as far as that goes, like, the music scene was whatever, but the cool thing was, is I met a lot of great people, you know, like, uh, Sam, I write with him all the time, we went to the same high school, and we ended up getting in contact, like, the year after I graduated, and he's, like, four or five years older than me, so, um, you know, there's there's a lot of talented people here. I just think that a lot of the uh, talented people just don't really know what to do because there's not, like, a stable music scene and not everybody wants to be in a bar band. Um, but, yeah, no, there's some cool stuff here. Uh, Pittsburgh's really big on art right now, like, actual art. Right. And um,
2: so that's neat. There's, like, these, it's called, like, brew house lofts. Uh, down
1: on, I want to say, it's either the South Side or the Strip District, and um, they're dope because they actually give artists a priority for housing, and they also give them a cheaper rate, and some of the lofts have, like, built-in art galleries to hang up your art, so we're trying to get in there if a loft free up, frees up, because exposed brick is a mood and a vibe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, so I live right outside of Philadelphia. So I'm mean, really. Yeah, I'm right outside of Philly and actually, Possibly. I've never been to Pittsburgh but I'm looking at pictures right now and it looks like such a beautiful city but from where you are and from where I'm at, it's about four hours away from each other. At this moment. Cool
1: man. Well, come on down. I'll, uh, I'll show you what a real hockey team is like and I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll show you the, the um, esteemed Permani sandwich which I miss greatly whenever I lived in Florida. Um, we lived outside of Tampa in St. Pete, and for whatever reason, our side of town, like, didn't have any Cuban shops on it. Right. And like, I'll, like, 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 Cubans might be my favorite sandwich, and Tampa is where, like, the Cuban originated. So I was so void of sandwiches while I was gone, and so I can't wait to go to Bramani's.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite type of food, though?
1: Oh, man. My, okay, so... I'm like a mood person like it depends on how I'm feeling like I any given day I could call something else my favorite kind of food, but one thing always stays consistent I am always in the mood for any sort of Asian food whether it's like, you know, disgusting Chinese uh, Well Americanized Chinese food Um, You know I can always throw down like some hibachi Mm. Um, Always in the mood for ramen and I'm always in the mood for sushi So, either of those, like, if I wake up in the morning, like, okay, I think my favorite test for, like, what your favorite food is, is if you wake up at eight in the morning and you look over and there is a takeout bag sitting next to you and the food fairies gifted you food, what in there would make you the most excited? And I think that mine is always ramen or sushi. It's a tie so
0: <laughs> like ramen in the bag or just like ramen from like a you know a chinese uh, food store
1: I uh, definitely like from an actual like ramen restaurant gotcha yeah i mean i'm not so that's something that i wanted to do this year i wanted to make my own ramen um because it's not the most complicated thing in the world but i just haven't gotten around to it yet um so definitely like actual ramen
0: and not like the the 20 cent bag or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> we uh my fiance tori and i we went to this place called ramen Ya Ya Day or whatever the hell it was called in california and it was just strictly ramen they had a few like you know extra things there but there was this one bowl of ramen it was like the level 12 bowl and it was like the hottest ramen you could ever get it was so good um yeah. Dude, I
1: love going to L.A. because there's like, there's like a ramen shop on every corner. Oh yeah,
0: it's so good. Now, like in L.A., though, why haven't you t- have you ever taken your music producing skills out there, or just? Uh,
1: so there's really no need to. Not right now. I mean, so whenever I was younger, I always thought I was just gonna move to L.A. Uh, but the problem is, is that L.A. is very expensive. Yep. And it's one of those things where. Like, right now, I'm thankful I didn't because I would be stuck inside in L.A., you know? Um, On top of that, though, it's like everybody works remotely. Like, Emily Warren, I was listening to a podcast with her. She's this fantastic writer, super, super successful. She lives in Wyoming, and then she'll just, like, fly into L.A. to work on sessions. Like, the way I look at it, I could get a whole year of plane tickets for the same cost of renting a two- or three-bedroom. Apartment for a month.
0: Yeah, no, I. So yeah. my cousin, he actually makes music. Like he scores movies right now. Oh and, no way. Yeah, he's in L.A. He uh, worked on Peter Rabbit, The Ducktales, um, and a couple other things. Dude. So, he went to Berkeley as well in Boston. So. That's killer. I'm. I'm. I don't want to say I'm jealous, but I'm definitely jealous. <laughs> um, because,
1: um, I wish. Like I, not that I wish, because I, I like to think I'm still going to do it. I would love to get into scoring and sound design. I find it so interesting, and, um, because like there, it's a whole different art, you know? Instead of, instead of expressing what you're feeling, you're telling whoever is consuming this piece of visual media how to feel, and um, yeah, that's awesome. So tell him I'm proud of him even though he has no clue who I am (laughs) because that's it's one of like the craziest things to me You know, it's like, oh, you should feel this way. So I'm gonna use these sounds to accomplish that
0: Yeah, he um He's actually been doing pretty well for himself. He actually was going to do what you were doing like starting his own business and Since he was out in LA and ever since the world kind of ended He pretty much, his manager said, hey, you can stay with me as long as you can, but like once COVID is like gone, you know, you're out on your own. I'll let you work for me still, but you know, they're not doing anything in LA because of COVID-19, obviously. Yeah,
1: yeah, my, uh, I think I meant, yeah, I mentioned my friend Nick earlier. He lives in Los Angeles. He's a live sound tech. So he would do all these massive like corporate gigs um, and everything just got shut down. So he didn't have work. Since February, and it was like last week or two weeks ago, he finally started getting gigs again. But even then, they're still like for live streams. But at least he has work, you know.
0: See, so yeah, I've been out of work since March, but I've been so once I got out of, uh, got laid off, I pretty much just did podcasting three days a week, and that was my full time gig for now. And got a couple sponsorships with it. Awesome, dude. So, yeah, that, yeah, man, thanks.
1: But that's the crazy thing about this whole COVID thing, Uh, you know, it's really awful and our government's response to it is pretty trash and a lot of people are dying unnecessarily, but it's also like, you know, there's like a silver lining to even the worst things. Um, And I think that we're learning a lot about how humans connect, about how humans work, about the importances oh is that a war is that like
0: importances i don't even know
1: i have no clue i'm out of it today i went to the gym for the first time in like three years maybe no longer than that it's been like the first time in five years (laughs) and um i'm kind of beat but i made so i'm starting a podcast also and uh it's gonna be called the home studio hangout with my friend drew and so i made a packed with him on the last episode we're doing a series on health so we're doing mental health physical health and financial health and i made a bet with him that i will lose more weight than him in four weeks so i started going to the gym (laughs) because we're like how are we going to do an episode on physical health if neither of us work out
0: See, that's, so, what that's the struggle I find with podcasting. You have to find your niche doing it.
1: Right, right. And like, I don't know, we're trying to do it in a way that it appeals to a ton of people. Um, back on topic. So I think that there's a lot of, you know, important things that we can learn from COVID. And that's one, most people don't need to be in an office all day. Two, people do need human interaction to feel normal. And three, most of the time, most people have something else that they could be spending their time on which is a lot better for them and thank god i did not open up like a
0: studio you know because i could, yeah i would be screwed i'd be out of work
1: or work would be super slow for me i mean i know a lot of people are killing it right now like doing better than normal but knowing my luck i'd be down in the dumps instead of you know singing for people all day <laughs>
0: Yeah. So like I feel you on that. I mean, I own right now. I don't know. I live in an apartment. So basically, when we both work from home, as in Tori and I, I had to be in my room. And sometimes she, she'll come in here or like, I need peace and quiet. And then like, I hear like people outside like screaming, because where I live, it's on a busy road. And we actually are trying to buy a house. But since, you know, people out of work, it's kind of hard at this moment.
1: Right. All those banks are going to be looking at you and being like, well, unemployment doesn't count as income, dude. And you're going to be like, well, I mean, it does. <laughs> Saw that firsthand. That sucks. Um, yeah, dude, like the whole, the whole working from home thing is really strange because before I moved to Florida, I had like my own studio space where I would wake up and I would go there every single day. And all it was is it was just a room. I was renting off my friend who owned a business but the importance of it is that whenever I was there, it was time to work. So whenever we were down in Florida, we just had a two bed apartment and the other bedroom was my little home studio. That was tough cause it's like, oh, if I get, if I get hung up on a song, like I could always just go play Call of Duty for six hours.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> and then on top of that, you know, Maddie's working from home. So it was like, I, like she would be sitting there in like a meeting while I'm trying to sing or sometimes just flat out screaming at a microphone in the other room. (laughs) And so like, it it was really tough battling that, but thankfully like, we're not, like we we aren't the type of people to let those things get to us, you know? So if she needed me to, you know, shut up or shut the door or whatever, like it was cool. You know, like I get it, I'll do it later. Um, And then if, you know, I needed her to, like, you know, not hang out in my room because I'm trying to focus or meet a deadline, like, she was cool with it, didn't take any offense to it. Because at the end of the day, like, it's just work, you know? Um, But yeah, the whole dynamic of, you know, working in the same place as, like, your significant other, especially when it's a small
0: place, is really, really, it's harder than you would think. Yeah, it is. I mean, so the house that we're, I mean... With us looking at a house, we want a three-bedroom house. So, she does stuff with fish tanks. So she wants to build her own uh, coral farm. Which, oh, gee, that's incredible. Well, we did. She already built like her own like fish tank stand, and she did like salt water. She did her own tank like by herself. She built from no scratch, which was awesome. And um, so we want a basement where we can put like the fish tanks, because we have a 50 gallon and a 90 gallon. Yeah. So. I want a third bedroom where we're looking at, so that way I could have my own studio in there and just do everything I need to do in there, like, when it comes to video editing and, you know, working on a podcast and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, that's so cool. Um, I've always been fascinated by people who keep, like, reptiles, and they do the enclosures really well, so they're, like, semi, I don't even know what you call it it's almost like it's a miniature ecosystem and then you have people who literally just have like plants in this enclosure and it like rains inside the enclosure and stuff and then there's also like fish like that kind of stuff always blows my mind and I really want to do something like that but I just haven't had
0: I mean she's, and, uh, she's actually watched me right now she can give you the whole nine yards if you actually really wanted to know about it
1: <laughs> yeah man I might have to uh, I might have to hit her up a because that stuff is really fascinating to me. We're kind of, we're in between, yeah, okay, I don't know if I mentioned this, but we're in between where we're staying right now because we don't know, it, it really comes down to whether or not Madeline will be working remotely at the end of the year. You know, like for me, it doesn't matter. So she's checking out a bunch of stuff and if we're both working remotely, we're probably going to pack up again and move out to Colorado. Um, get a place out there. Um, because it's cheap and we love it because there's mountains and it's closer to California than Pittsburgh. Yeah. So we'll probably end up doing that if we can both work remotely um, Yeah, so I might have to hit her up once we find a more permanent place and uh, I want to start Keeping animals
0: <laughs> here, she'll, here she'll jump in real quick at that about fish
2: what do you want to know? So,
0: like,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far like, what, what kind of fish are you keeping, uh, that are
2: saltwater? Um, so right now I have two clownfish, but what I'm in the process of making is I want to essentially build my own coral farm and sell corals. So I'm in a slow process with working and um, building a farm right now. So that's what I'm doing right now, is building it slowly but surely, doing it all myself. So I, I made a, I made my own tank, so I'm a, I guess you say a DIY enthusiast. So I did everything myself, you know. So I'm processing, you know, building it and everything, but I love saltwater fish. Freshwater, they're, they're a lot easier to handle, but saltwater with the corals and the fish, Uh, they have more color, so they attend- like, they bring attention to your eyes, so that's like what I want to do. But if you're going to Colorado, they have a place called Algae Barn out there. No
0: way.
2: Yeah. So uh... they- they do these things called, uh, Cocoa Pods, or Cocoa Pods or something like that, which are like, um, they're kind of like bugs, but they're like healthy bugs, so they have certain fish that eat them and stuff like that, but- yeah, I could go on for days about fish.
1: That's really, that's really neat. And I love that you're keeping, uh, clownfish because they're, they're really, really pretty. And I love that you're, um, working on keeping and selling coral because I feel like that's super important and also super, super interesting.
2: Yeah, a fact a lot of people don't know about clownfish and that clownfish are born, they're actually a male and a female. Really? Yeah, one, like, they're born with both parts. So when you find a bigger one like a a bigger clownfish that's actually the female
1: interesting and then is there like a certain point in their life where they're just like all right i'm gonna pick one or or is that just how they
2: always are uh the female normally picks like i'm the female you're gonna be the male so she'll like taunt him and like won't let him eat some food sometimes so women rule the world in clownfish
1: (laughs) wow that's incredible it sounds like uh it sounds pretty similar to uh to my living situation
2: (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: incredible I never knew that that's so interesting yeah alright I'm I'm about to I'm about to dive down that rabbit hole after this podcast
0: (laughs) yeah she's she watches fish videos like on the daily all the time so that's
1: fantastic um yeah that's super interesting I have a friend who like lined his whole basement with fish tanks and uh had another friend who kept a bunch of interesting reptiles he wanted to get his poisonous uh animals permit so he could keep poisonous snakes um because he's that crazy (laughs) and uh i don't know i i I love i love you know kind of like the unconventional pets um I'm, i'm really not sure if it's like my style which is why i haven't tried it yet because like you know not only is owning a pet uh responsibility but i feel like it's also a privilege um and it's kind of like something that you have to learn with you know mutual understanding and so i just haven't gotten anything yet because i don't feel like i'm really at that level yet where i'm 100
2: sure
0: you know yeah definitely
2: yeah so uh, a couple people i watch on youtube there's this guy named travis for uh fish of x fish of hex and i think he's in i want to say pittsburgh area and he does it like in his basement so that's one guy um there's this guy i watched king of diy his name's joey he's in canada um then there's george who's coral fish 12g he's in chicago um then there's this one i've been watching it's called ocean state aquatics they're in rhode island so they own a fish store so it shows you how like they built their fish store that's so cool.
0: Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of interesting dynamics when it comes to building, you know, making your own fish store and having corals and all that stuff. And that's what she wants to do with her life. She wants to have her own fish store and whatnot. Yeah, that's that's really, really cool. But, yeah. Um, so, is there anything else you want to talk about before uh, we head out?
1: Uh, not that I can think of, man. Um, I appreciate you having me on today. And uh, listening to me speak at you for almost an hour. Um, if anybody has any questions about writing or production, or you know wants to possibly work with me, check out my site. It's just JoshuaMadatech.com, and uh, I'll be sure to give you a holler back and we'll chat about anything and everything.
0: Definitely, yeah, man. So this um, I'll probably this, this will probably be posted by tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon. Oh, no yeah, so just my editing software takes a little bit, if you know what I'm saying.
1: Awesome. Well, that's that's really good to hear. Uh, right now, we're like stockpiling a bunch of episodes because our, our schedules are kind of intermittent. Um, so that's awesome that you have such a quick turnaround time because I'm very, very jealous of that.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how, how to be thankful, but uh, is there anything you want to plug before you uh, leave?
1: Yeah, man. All right, so in like a month go ahead and look up the home studio hangout podcast because that is going to be dropping soon we're getting all the branding done right now um want to give a shout out to my friend drew drew simmons he's a fantastic producer you could google him and find him and i would also like to give a shout out to my brother's clothing brand called paradise hills um you could find him at paradisehills.shop that's the url and uh, he'll hook you up with all of your streetwear desires.
0: Oh wow it's awesome.
1: So those are those are the plugs does
0: <laughs> <laughs> your brother is your brother on um, Facebook or anything?
1: Uh, he is he's not super active on it but yeah if you go on my friend's list and just search my last name you'll find him his name's Jacob with it K.
0: Gotcha you know because yeah, I would love to have him on uh, my show too if he has a clothing brand yeah man
1: he's also like he's also like in the thick of it right now too because he just started it up in february and so he's he's learning the hard way man like everything he was just like i'm just gonna do it because if i don't i'll never do it and i was like that's the attitude to have and he's just killing it uh as far as like the branding and the designs go even the quality of clothes that they're printing on and um you know he's he's really putting his blood sweat and tears into it and i think uh i think that'd be a cool conversation so
0: definitely yeah and this is this podcast has been do- going on for five years and now f- to the fifth year it's me getting sponsorships and having famous people on because i've had a few famous people on in my life too so yeah
1: man it takes time And like, that's that's the reality of most things. You know, uh, consistency is key. That's something that, you know, I've learned the hard way as well. You know, I was for a short period of time, I was like, man, what happened to all my clients? And that's like, well, you're a ghost, you know, everywhere. I was a ghost everywhere. And so like, once I started, you know, posting more, talking to more people and, you know, kind of figuring people out, like business picked up again. And like, that's just how it is with everything. If you just show up every day, then you're never going to fail.
0: Yeah, definitely. I like that attitude. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on.
1: Dude, thank you for having me. It's greatly appreciated.
0: All right, man. Well, hey, I'll let you know when this is up and uh, by tom- when it's uploaded tomorrow, all right? Cool, man. Sounds good to me. All right. Sounds good. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was Josh. We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back with the outro in just a few seconds.
2: All right, guys, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Please like and subscribe on
0: Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, much more. TJ's Vlogs on YouTube, the TJTV TV facebook page where you can catch all my past episodes and the three specials that we're doing over labor day weekend and that's it we'll be back next week with another interview and uh peace out
2: remember when you ran away and i got on my knees and begged you not to leave because i go berserk well you left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and worse, and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, ha ha, they're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, ha, to the funny farm, where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away.